This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 50 of Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is my podcasting partner. It's Mary Poppins, y'all. Dude, you have been all over the Mary Poppins. You've done like like a dozen posts. Yeah. really, really, really like that apparently. It's John Irons. How are you today, sir? Um, super califragilisticexpialidocious. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. And joining us on the line is our friend from the Simply Syndicated Network, Rick. Good evening to you, sir. You know, when you said fifty, I'm I'm playing with this ten uh, sided die that Joe gave us at the at the con last year. Yeah. And it's, when you said fifty, I rolled a five, so I think it's pretty special. So yeah, so it's going to be a <laughs> uh, good show. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> I have been posting. Uh, several Yandu Mary Poppins jokes online. I, I found a picture yesterday. I don't. Somebody was clever enough to take a Funko Pop box yeah. from Mary Poppins and put the Yondo figure, Yandu figure inside of it, and uh, and I posted that. But that's my favorite one so far. <laughs> uh, we got a few things to talk about here on our 50th episode. We have an actual discussion topic for later in the show. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that we've been watching. We're in the we're in the time of year where there's a lot um, there's a lot to talk about for people who like the kinds of things that we like. Uh, we're at the beginning of the, beginning of the summer, so we start to get a few of the blockbuster type movies in theaters, and a lot of the shows from the fall are ending. So we're starting to get a few of the summer replacement series. Better Call Saul and Fargo are back on TV. Sense Eight just released its second season on Netflix. And there's a movie that came out in theaters about a week ago called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I've never sure heard of it. Both of you guys have seen that, correct? <laughs> yes. I think it. I, I have. I have witnessed this. <laughs> well, what did you guys think of the movie I, overall? And I'll start, I'll start with you, Rick. Uh, you know what's funny is I heard I, the most common thing I heard about the movie before I saw it was it's good, it's fun, not as good as the first one. I disagree. I think it's light years better than the first one. I had a blast. It's my, I, I just was smiling the whole time, laughing my butt off. Drax is my new favorite character of all time. <laughs> uh, 
I just I just really enjoyed the movie. I think everybody was yeah, the first one wasn't bad, but like I have no desire. We we own it. I've never watched it again. I saw it the one time that seemed sufficient. This one I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, I, when I got home from the theater, I sent I sent John a text and I said I'm I'm kind of wanting to say that it's better than the first one, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to say that or not. And uh, he disagreed with me. He thought that the that you, you think the first one's better, right, John? Yeah, I'm 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 one of the throng, um, <laughs> I, and I and I yeah I I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. I thought it was great. Uh, but I I did I, I did like the first one better. I felt like. Uh, there were a couple of moments where they leaned too heavy on the silly, and I, and I felt like the first one like really rode that line like perfectly, and there I mean and and it it is it is a minor criticism. Uh, there were there were like a scene here or a scene there where they where they went more for the self aware joke, I guess, than this kind of uh, the humor that comes out of these ridiculous characters or these ridiculous situations um and i felt like the soundtrack wasn't as good but you know it's 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 the difference between an a plus and like a b plus to me or or even an a minus i really i did enjoy it and i would like to see it again but i, I think i did like the first one better I, I will grant you the soundtrack was was to the first one was far superior but i think that's the problem is that they they pretty much you know uh, I can't use that particular metaphor. Um, they, you are not going to uh, tell me they used up all the good songs from the seventies and eighties because well not all the good ones but like the really the the really popular ones and so they were kind of going to the B list for this movie. I mean you know that's that's the time period that I was growing up in and a lot of these songs I was like I've never heard that one before or you know. Yeah. I'm Whereas in, in the first one, I was like, "Oh, I know that. I know that song. Yeah. I know that song. I know that." And, it, song. and it's not like it's not like the songs in the first one were like my favorite songs from the seventies and eighties. But you, oh no, they they you know them like you at least they were familiar. And then this one, two of the best songs that they had on their list, like they played over the credits. I'm like, why didn't they play that during the movie? <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, yeah, and I'm probably guilty of uh, laughing at the at the silly parts as well. <laughs> you know. I, yeah. It, I uh, enjoyed the silly, but you know, I've I've also been saying ever since they started making these Marvel movies is I have no history with any of this stuff, so I'm I'm able to just go in and if the movie entertains me, I'm happy. Uh, so I was just kind of right along. I, I I agree they did get a lot sillier in this film. Uh, I but I I think they tiptoed up to the line, almost crossed it a couple of times, but they never never quite went over for me anyway. Yeah. I felt like they. I mean, I don't feel like there was any sustained egregious errors. Like they, I felt like they they would cross it, you know, for like a half a second, or yeah. you know, for like just one shot. I'm like, okay, we didn't really need that, but go ahead, <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the thing that I like about well, I mean, this kind of goes for both movies. The thing I like about Guardians of the Galaxy is that nine times out of ten, a comic book movie equals superhero movie. And Guardians of the Galaxy is not a superhero story, you know. It's a space opera, right? Know? And uh, I think that that little bit of difference is something that really stands out to me. Um, I'm a big fan of almost everything Marvel's put out. Marvel Studios—they've been making movies for nine years now. That, that made me feel old when I realized that. 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. some of the stuff I've really liked a whole lot, like Civil War, and some of them I've been kind of meh on, like the Thor movies. Uh, even though Thor Ragnarok, I did see the trailer for that, and it looks pretty cool. But, That's right. Uh, <laughs> but they have consistently put out good films and some pretty decent TV. And uh, I get... I'd have to watch it again to see for sure if I if I like this better than the first one, and I probably I probably, <laughs> I probably yeah I probably won't see it again until it comes out on Blu-ray or or, or something because uh, I spent sixty dollars to go see the movie the other day. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know you buy your tickets ahead of time on Fandango because I was going to go see it on Friday night and I didn't want it to sell out, so I bought the tickets ahead of time and they charge you a little bit of a surcharge for that. And then we yeah. get there. I didn't even buy popcorn. I just bought like two large drinks, one for me and my wow. wife and one for my kids to share. And, you know, I added it all up. I was like, God, I just spent 60 bucks to see this movie. It better be good. <laughs> <laughs> what did they think of it? Uh, well, I mean, my daughter liked it. And uh, actually, my son didn't go with us. It was one of my daughter's friends that went with us. And they kind of sat in the back and were kind of giggling and everything. They liked it, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't like, wow, or anything like that. But, you know. Did they like it? When Chris Pratt took his shirt off? Probably. <laughs> I'd rather not ask him that question. <laughs> I got to say, Mr. Pratt has spent some time in the gym. <laughs> but oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw a clip of him from, uh, I was flipping through the channels and an old rerun of Parks and Rec came up. And I was like, wow, he's lost a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, that I, I thought that it was, uh, go out on a limb and say it was better than. Civil War? Better than... I don't know that I'd go that far. Definitely better than Age of Ultron. <laughs> well, you know. that's not too hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as as contracts come to an end and big names like Downey and Evans and Johansson start to step away from the franchise, you know, I'd be okay with them putting more of a focus on this because they, they, they came out... There was a story that came out last week that said that... Um, after the next two Avengers movies, which are going to be a, a two-parter, you know, uh, they didn't come out and say they're going to reboot Avengers, but they said things are going to change a lot, you know. So I take that to mean there's going to be a lot of people leaving. They're going to bring on some new characters, and it's going to look like a it's going to be a, like a whole new team of of people in the next few years. So if they, uh, well, how many times has how many times has Downey said that he's not going to do it again, and then he keeps doing it again? Hey, they back the money truck up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think these guys are going to leave until they're like physically unable to do it anyway. Well, Downey can do this forever because all of his work is CGI. But uh, oh yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Evans and Hemsworth left because they they must have to live at the gym during shooting. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's probably really hard on them. Yeah. It's probably a lot of fun, but it's probably really hard on them. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're compensated well. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, there's only so much pain removal money can do. Yeah, you yeah. Know, how if, much? If how all, much grilled chicken? All you're doing you is you is eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's basically eating eating half his body weight and grilled chicken breast all day, and and working out. You know, that's that that can that can get old after a while. <laughs> A couple other things to talk about. Uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods premiered on Stars a couple weeks ago. And uh, we talked a little bit on our last show about what the best way is to watch this show legally (laughs) without 
without having to subscribe to a thirty forty dollar a month uh, stars package. But uh, I found the they have an app. Stars has an app, and it's uh, they give you the first week for free, and then after that it's ten dollars a month. So I I did the math, and it cost me about thirty dollars to watch this show, and I'm I'm willing to live with that. You know, I'm going to do that for Star Trek in a few months, and. And plus, I can catch up on Ash vs. the Evil Dead at the same time. So, uh, so I'm doing that. And uh, uh, Rick, have you watched? Have you watched the show at all? Nope. No. I I don't have stars, and I'm not going to pay that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but John, you have watched it, correct? I have. I did the uh, I did the ten dollars sign up through my uh, Amazon Prime on my Roku. Oh, okay. You ever you ever think sometimes like? Just as an aside, uh, if you were, if someone like from 20 years ago was just overhearing a conversation, yeah. So I I, I streamed the gods through my uh, through my Roku on my Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> the only, they they understood I paid ten dollars. That that part would translate. Everything yeah. else would be gibberish. Yeah, I mean, like if you said, I, I, "Let me Google that," they'll be like, "What?" what <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, great. I got a tweet about it. What? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything about the show. Um, but as as far as you know, it's pretty good, uh, and that's kind of a so far so good thing because they've only aired two two episodes so far. And have you read the book? Oh yeah, yeah, I read the book, and I'm I, I just started reading the comic adaptation that started about a month or two ago. They've got two issues of that out, and it's pretty decent too. The artwork is a little, nah, but. Uh, it's adapting the story fairly well, you know. So I like that. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the book. Um, and actually, I, I I listened to the audiobook. I actually just re-listened to it um, like a month ago. And I do like it, but like I feel I feel like they they pretty much nailed the characters. Everybody looks the way that I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, they largely behave the way I thought they would. My only kind of issue, and it may outgrow this, we'll see, is that it 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 feels a little too <sighs> dramatic, I guess. Like every scene, like there's a lot of slow motion. Yeah. When, <laughs> when you don't necessarily need slow motion, it's like he's he's you know he's running his bath water, and the bath's in slow motion, and it there's a there's a cool camera angle of him putting the bubbles. You can see the you can see the bubble bath underneath the water. I'm like, oh, just let's just speed it up. All right, yeah. he's he's getting the bath ready, and you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of I am I am I am I'm a beautiful masterpiece of a show. Um, and it does look good, but and they need to calm down. And they're trying to keep they're <laughs> trying to keep that dark and moody atmosphere. And one thing, and they're trying they're trying to stretch it out for several seasons because I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, See, I, like, I, I wasn't sure if they if they were going to do that or not. I, I was under the assumption that they were going to adapt the entire book in one season, but the way that they're pacing I, it out, it doesn't look like they're going to do that. I figured it would be at least. Two, yeah. and actually, the great thing about this is, um, it's easy to go beyond the book. You know, especially if, if Neil Gaiman is involved in it. Like, it would be easy to continue the stories 
you know, well beyond what what the book covered with these characters. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'd never read um, the Walking Dead comic. Um, I never read like a lot of a lot of the shows that I like were based on books that I didn't read. I didn't I didn't read the Game of Thrones series. I didn't read um, whatever True Blood was based on. So a lot of stuff I only know from the TV iteration. So it'd, it'd be nice um, for me to see something that was based like a show that was based on a book. Cause and some comic book things I've, I mean, I've read some of the comics for like arrow and like, I've read a lot of the comic books that get turned into shows, but, um, that's kind of different. Yeah. You know, a comic book doesn't really have an ending the way a book does. Yeah. So, so, so it'll, it'll, this will be one. I hope that I'll get the experience of, um, seeing where the TV goes beyond the, beyond the book. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't mind them adding to it. I, I, as long as the book is in there, you know, as long as they don't take away from the book and they want to add more things to it, you know, I, I could, I could be down with that. But one thing about the, the, um, the show that I guess it shouldn't have surprised me, but the amount of gore that was in the premiere, um, of course, I mean it's the same network that brought us Ash versus Evil Dead and Spartacus. So the fact that yeah, there was an intense level of violence right in the very beginning of the show, kind of, it, it took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting it, but you know, I guess I should have was, been surprised. Well, I was surprised. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, because it was it was wholly unnecessary, and I was like, okay, is this, are they doing this the whole thing? But apparently, that was just a blip. So as long as they don't go. Like, it as didn't long match. as it's not like, yeah, yeah, it really didn't. Now, I'll I'll grant you, it's it's been a decade since I read the book, or almost, but I don't remember anything that could have gore happening in the beginning well, of the book. I don't want to I don't want to spoil, but what it is is the flashback scenes where they're talking about the Vikings and all that kind of stuff. When oh, they, when they right. show this, right. when they show that, they add some they add some gory um, battle scenes and things. It's kind of okay. you know it, Spartacus it, blood and sand kind of stuff you know, but um, but when they get into the present day stuff, it's it's more you know leveled out mainstream kind of stuff. But my my only other complaint is Shadow is a little more emotional in the show than he is in the book. I yeah. feel well, he was like a uh, rock in the book. Yeah, he like <laughs> yeah. he and I, and I felt like that was kind of um significant in that like. If if he reacted to all the crazy shit that was happening, like it, it was, it was almost no pun intended. It was almost supernatural. It was almost unnatural how much in stride he took everything. He just accepted the weirdness, and so I'm not sure how that'll work if he if he is more reactive. I'm not I'm not saying it's a minus. But it is different, and I'm and I'm and I'm. Um, it is it is of note, and I'm I'm curious to see how well it works. And there is one thing I'm curious about, and uh, and I, I even on uh, you know a cable show network like Stars. Um, yes, I can't remember her name. Yes, they did. Um, they did that it. scene in the hotel yes, room. They did, they did it. it. They did it. Oh, yes, already. They did. Yes. Okay, they did it in the premiere. I was wondering how it was going to be done because, you know, I knew it would be early in the show because it was fairly early in the book. So I was wondering how it was going to be done. 
And I mean, it wasn't like graphically pornographic or anything like that. But no, it was yeah. it was pretty much as you imagined. Yeah. It. Okay. They, they did they did not show the point of entry, but <laughs> it was clear what was going on. Yeah. And uh, um, they actually uh, they show her in these. The second episode was this past Sunday, and she is in that too. And they show that she is still up to her old tricks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Except that it's, it's, she's not she's not presented as a as a prostitute here necessarily. She, it's more like she just meets people online. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he said her, the 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 man the man is, is played by um, the man is played by what's his name? It's Bill Murray's brother. Brian you, you see you see all the time. No, the other one, Dana. Is it Dana? I can't remember. I think his it's name, Dana. But, but he uh, he's in he's in everything. I mean, but he. Um, he he says to her, you know, he makes a comment that they met on like some online dating site or something. Yeah, it's like my kids talking me into it. It's like, yeah. oh great. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna make it tragic. That was, no that was no reason for that. Yeah. In the book, he was like he was like a corrupt cop, and he kind of had it coming. Yeah. Yeah, and in, the, in this, they made it look like yeah, he, yeah, he lost his wife and his kids that talked him into going dating, and yeah. It's my first date in forever. You seem nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I said, I ha- I've I've started reading the comic book adaptation. Um, it's it started a month or two back. I think uh, Min- Ming uh, Chen had mentioned it when he was on the show. They've released two issues, and it's pretty good. It's pretty faithful to the book. So if you haven't read the book and you'd like to read this story without diving into the into a novel, first of all, shame on you. It's a really good book, but the comic book adaptation is pretty good. I found it on Comixology, which has become my new favorite website. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Rick, what you can do is wait until the whole show has come out, which is I think ten episodes, and then sign up for Stars and get your free week and just binge the whole thing and then cancel it. I might just do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, like I said, I think it's ten episodes. It may be twelve, but I think I heard somewhere that it was ten. We'll be right back. Hey, we're the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. We're hosted by Anya Crittenton, Hui Chen Bui, and Willoughby Dobbs. The three of us met in college, bonding over Game of Thrones and Disney. While we've moved past Game of Thrones, we now bond once a week in a podcast that covers everything from superheroes to musicals to summer reading to Pokemon Go. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Falcon Podcast and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Come for the hot takes, stay for the snark and puns. And the friendship that lasts forever. Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we're the hosts of the World War G podcast. And we know Sean and John do great things, but if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life, a little bit more geek in your week, then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com, where we talk about everything from movies and television, comic books and video games. Check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com. Back to you, Sean. Let's get into our main topic. Tonight, we're going to talk about the things that sci-fi and fantasy movies and TV shows, or just movies and TV shows in general, tropes that they need to stop doing. Uh, movies and shows have tropes that they fall back on over and over again, storylines that we've seen a hundred times, but for some reason, 
this series or that series thinks that they can put a fresh new spin on it. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about some of the ones that we feel have overstayed their welcome. And uh, you know, we'll just do it. We'll we'll do our usual roundtable and just kind of go around and bring up a few of these and talk about them. So Rick, you want to start? Oh sure. Um, well, we sort of already mentioned one of them. Uh, I've, I've got a, a yeah. We'll, we'll start with this one. We'll d- we'll dip a toe in before diving full on into. <laughs> <laughs> um, I and and this was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. I want a three to five year moratorium on slow motion. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> the slow motion where it's just like halfway through a scene and then suddenly it just shifts to slow motion whoever invented that damn camera <laughs> that lets you adjust the speed of the of the uh, while you're shooting needs to be shot because i you know it was co- it was like it's like bullet time you know yeah. that was really cool the first dozen movies that used it and then it was like all right all right enough i am so fed up with slow motion and Zack snyder is the main culprit for this among other things <laughs> I want to put Zack Snyder and uh, and uh, who's Michael Bay in a Thunderdome and oh, and wow. weld the door shut so nobody comes out. <laughs> I would I would argue that Bullet Time was cool when The Matrix did it. It has never been cool since then. I think the first time that we saw it, it was cool. But then when Scary Movie did it, it went, as soon as Scary Movie did it, nobody needs to do that anymore. Probably <laughs> <laughs> said about everything Scary Movie did. <laughs> True. So yeah, I, I think the first time I remember seeing um, the slow motion thing, like in the middle of an action sequence, obviously after the Matrix, it was uh, the Mummy Two, I think. And I remember thinking, "Oh, that's awesome." That's it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. That, I know. I, Michael Bay loves to to slow down explosions and make explosions just last a really long time you see it developing behind people and you're like the explosions don't look like that in real life <laughs> you know and uh i think the first time that i saw that actually uh james cameron did it in terminator 2 where he just shot fire w- with like the camera just turned way up so that it was taking like i don't know 100 frames a second or something like that you know something crazy so that he could slow it down and you could get all this detail and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it's been done over and over and over and over since then. So, you know, change it up, do something else. <laughs> I think the, the only movie I saw that used that beautifully was 300. Uh, and yeah. since then, they need to stop. <laughs> yeah, 300 did have a lot of slow motion shots, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it was, and uh, John Woo with the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> John Woo, insert movie name with the pigeons. <laughs> but yeah. John, what do you got on your list? Um, mine is, uh, let's see. You know, I'm going to do two. Because the first one doesn't really count. The first one isn't so much a trope as just like a bad habit and lazy. Yeah. Um, people shooting door controls. like there is no reason to think oh the door is open let me close it shoot the door control oh the door is closed let me open it shoot the door control I'm like no why does it do what you want it to do because you shoot it like I mean I I get if if you break it and it doesn't work fine but that's not whatever happens what always happens is 
they need to open it or close it. And so shooting it produces that result. That, what? What? That's yeah. it. That's yeah, it. If, it that's, if, so that's my... if it's a computerized control, you would assume that if somebody were to shoot the control, then the lock it would, would not still, work. The lock would still be engaged. <laughs> yes. The lock's not going to, oh, okay, and just unlock. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm like, no. Well, like in Star Wars, when they when uh, in A New Hope, uh, yes. which as soon as you mentioned that, I think we all know what scene, the, the bridge scene, yes. where they, they you know Luke and Leia run through the door, it closes behind them, and then Luke shoots the control panel. Why is that going to disable the control panel on the other side of the door? Right. No. And but at then, least of course, he acknowledges that it doesn't make any sense. Oh, so, yeah, I think I just blasted it. Yeah, because some and, and, cascade reaction that disables all the doors in the entire <laughs> in the entire ship. <laughs> um, all right, so that was that was my that was my half complaint. Uh, my first real complaint. Um, let's go with shrinking people, <laughs> shrinking people down to put <laughs> to put them and usually inside another character. They have to go to the bloodstream and shoot the virus or, you know, there's a nanobot that's, you know, wreaking havoc or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, Raquel Welch in a wetsuit. I mean. Uh, <laughs> what, what year was that again? Uh, 19- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they can stop now. <laughs> well, it's ne- it, it's never done. And this is this is the nerd in me talking because I've. I've had a kind of a problem with that for years, really, because it's never done with any kind of scientific anything. Because if you were to shrink a person, they would have the same mass. So you can't shrink a a 200-pound man and put him inside another man and not have terrible things happen. (laughs) You know, just like in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you cannot shrink a child down to a quarter of an inch tall and he rides a bumblebee it, it, it won't happen the kid weighs 125 pounds <laughs> well know? technically the bumblebee shouldn't even really be able to fly so <laughs> now, actually that's a myth they can fly just fine aerodynamically <laughs> i know that i was making a point but I, we I, all I, push I, our glasses up on our nose <laughs> right 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 I, that's why that. i hated ant-man or one of the reasons i hated ant-man is because they just <laughs> Didn't pay any attention to that. Well, you know what? The best um, take on it I've seen, and I guess I guess I should say, like almost all of these have you know one or two exceptions to the rule, but um, it was in Farscape, and which is which is an underrated show. That show was great, Um, but uh, a couple of the characters get shrunk down, and. One of them was is was saying scientifically, well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she, she she shrunk. She shrunk at this point, and she's like, this doesn't make sense. How can this happen? Because you know the, we wouldn't be able to breathe the air because of molecules, blah 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 blah. And the other character is like, just shut up. You sound, <laughs> you sound like a child. This can't happen. I don't believe it. This doesn't make sense. It happened. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. So clearly, you don't understand it, but it happened. Let's move on. How do we get back to our regular size? Right. And I'm like, okay, fair. Just fair go point. With it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I'm fine with that. And it's, and, it's, and I have less of an issue with the, uh, you know, the nature of physics that 
don't work as opposed I'm just I'm just like you, there's nothing new you can't I'm not going to say you can't do anything new with it. I'm going to say I haven't seen anything new with it in a long time. It's like it's like it's you know checking off the box. All right, well let's do an episode where we shrink them down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the last time that I saw it done and it was entertaining was in Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and I was 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. And that might have been more about you being 12 than about the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, All right, what's yours? My uh, first your one. First? My first one is not necessarily a sci-fi thing. It's just something that happens in a lot of movies and, and TV shows. But starting the story in the middle of the action. <laughs> this is something. It happens especially like in crime and action and thriller type shows. But the movie begins in the middle of a heart-thumping action scene, and our hero is running from something. And he's stopped by the villain and put into a near impossible situation. And then the screen fades to a calm shot of some scenery and the words two weeks earlier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or something wondering how I wound up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, the first time that I saw it, I thought it was clever. It was probably ten years ago. And which I'm I'm sure it was done before then, but the first time that I really started noticing a lot of people were doing it over and over and over. But you know, in the case of action movies, it made it so that we didn't have to watch 20 minutes of character introduction before we got into some action. But oh. that was before I realized that it's just lazy writing. <laughs> you know, it's it's a way to start a story <laughs> for a writer that can't figure out how to start his story. You know, I, I've written some fiction in the past, and I, and a lot of times beginning the story is the hardest part of writing the story. You know, you, you want to write something interesting enough to make people stay involved until you get to the meat of the thing. So starting in the middle and then jumping back, you know, can be thought of as, a, as an interesting solution to that problem. But it's just cheating, you know. You're trying to start a story without putting in the work. And like I said, it, it wasn't a problem when I first noticed it a few years ago, but now it's out of control. It happens all the time. <laughs> Well, you know, the I was watching the um, the behind the scenes on the first Avengers movie, and um, the original plan was started that way. It was like to start the movie like during the the Battle of New York with the aliens, and you know, at a point where they're not doing well, and I think the Black Widow was gonna like narrate it's like how do we get to this point or something like that. Yeah, I'm like so glad you didn't do that. Right. Good, <laughs> good call. Does that. Good. Yeah. Good call, Joss Whedon. Way to not <laughs> the, suck. The Flash is really abusing that a lot yeah. lately this season. Yeah. Yeah, I have noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> was, there, was there a new episode this week? I haven't watched yet. There was. There was. They did a little more explaining as to the revelation that happened last episode. Yeah, I haven't and, watched right. it yet either. Yeah, I won't, I won't, I won't spoil anything for it. But uh, other than that revelation is basically a filler episode. You know, they're just trying to get it. I think next week is the season finale, maybe. So, or the week after that. So then I think they're just trying to get us through to that, to that point. Rick, what's the next one on your list? All right. Buckle your seatbelts, guys. This one may be a discussion, uh, inspiration or stopper. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bring it. Um, I'm I'm really getting tired of, especially when they reboot uh, a, an old series or something, uh, or take a property that was you know from a, a simpler time and bring it into our time. 
and they have to make it gritty and dark yeah. and depressing and horrible because that's what we want now. You know, both Star Trek and Star Wars had something in common other than spaceships, and that is both of them bucked the zeitgeist of the times they came out. Yep. One of the reasons Star Trek was such a phenomenon, one of the reasons it was such a success, even though by all measurable uh, metrics at the time it was a failure, um, was because the country was just coming out of World War II and the Korean War, and uh, the, 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 the Cold War was in full swing, and the, the situation in Vietnam was heating up, and here comes this little show saying, you know what, the future is we're going to get through all of this crap that's going on now. Life sucks now, but in 200 years, we are the kings of the universe, and we're, it's a benevolent kingdom, and everybody's happy, and everybody gets along, except for these guys with the funny beards and those dudes over there with the, with the pointy <laughs> ears. But, you know, we got to have some conflict because it's a TV show. But for the most part, we make it humanity you know we have to go through the bad stuff but we get to the good stuff you know it's, uh, it's like it's like john lennon's imagine brought to life that's basically what star trek was exactly yeah and then fast fast forward uh you know 13 years or so you've got the vietnam war is, is just ending uh you've got a, a recession you've got an energy crisis life in the u.s is is not great. Disco is still around. Bell bottoms <laughs> and polyester suits are everywhere. And then George Lucas unleashes Star Wars on us. And again, it's fun. It's you know, it's not as as rose-colored glasses as Star Trek was, but it's still it's upbeat. It's fun. It's enjoyable. If you look at the at the yeah, the science fiction in the in the you know the few years before Star Wars came out. Uh, and you know, I kind of remember this. I was, you know, I was 13 when Star Wars came out, so a lot of it's kind of in those blurry teenage memories. But you know, it was stuff like Christopher Lee in movies where the world blows up at the end, or yeah. or just really, you know, boring slogs through alien invasions and invasion of the body snatchers. It was all really depressing stuff. And here comes George Lucas with, you know, what could arguably be termed uh, you know genius granted he was surrounded by a lot of people I, you know what what i think of george lucas as a writer could be another show but uh <laughs> he, you know he he managed to create a a synthesis of 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 uh right decisions and surrounded himself with the right people and came out at just the right time where instead of going down the depressing route he went up down the hopeful route you know, it was certainly, you know, there was tension and there was fear and there was, you know, dun, 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 dun. Um, but then everybody's happy. The good guys win. The bad guys lose. There's medals all around except for the Wookiee and roll credits. And, and, and it became another worldwide phenomenon. And I'm not seeing that now. I'm seeing, you know, there's great stuff happening. I love The Expanse, but damn, is it depressing. Hmm. Everyone's looking yeah. to Game of Thrones for their pattern right now. Yeah. And, you know, we are spiraling into another age of absolute misery. And I think we need to see some hope. I'm really hoping that Star Trek Discovery says, the heck with all of this. We're going to be like old style Star Trek, not necessarily in the look or the feel, but we're going to go for the hopeful aspect instead of the depressing aspect. And that's what I'm hoping. So I've got my fingers crossed for. Uh, I would not 
place a lot of money on that bet. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all all uh, movies that have to do with the future and stuff. It's like any time that they want to reboot a superhero or a kids show. I mean, they turn Power Rangers into dark and gritty. You know, um, there's a, a comic book that just came out of a, a new version of Scooby Doo that takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. You know. And, and Scoo- Scooby Doo has a, a a chip in his brain that makes him able to talk and stuff like that. You know, it, it's like everything, whatever worked before, we have to take it and we have to make it dark, or it won't work you know, now. I, well, Riverdale is like the penultimate. Is like the ultimate. I'm like, that is just uh, weird. I, <laughs> I haven't even watched it. I can't. Like, and it's not like I'm a huge Archie fan, but I'm like, why would why even call it Riverdale? Why even? Why not just make a new show since you've barely like at all been influenced by what these characters were? I watched watched the first two episodes just because I was curious. I haven't watched it since then because it's terrible. But I watched the first two episodes because I was curious of what they were going to do. And basically, you're right. They just they made a show and they named the characters these characters and that's it. You know, that's the only resemblance to Archie comics that it has. But what I find really weird is when I stand in line at the grocery store and I look at the Archie comics sitting there on the checkout stand up at the top, it says Riverdale on the CW. I like the kids that are reading this comic don't need to be watching that show. (laughs) Stop advertising it to them. (laughs) Now I I would like to say to clarify uh, before we get angry emails, um, I'm not saying that the dark and gritty doesn't work. I loved the Battlestar Galactica reboot. I thought that was it was genius. But again, it was one of those things where after that happened, then suddenly everybody tried to do it and it doesn't but, always work. But even in that, there, there was there was almost like a, a force like hope undercurrent. You know, all of this has happened before, it will happen again. Like it's so yeah. like it it was I think there's a difference between being more realistic and being darker. Yeah. Like, I feel like the Nolan Batman was more realistic, but I don't feel it was necessarily any darker than, you know, the Batman we had before. I, I feel it was just done better. It's a little bit, yeah, it was a little less campy, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, anytime that you're taking a property from the 50s or 60s and you want to remake it, there's going to be some amount of dark and gritty just because all of television is is darker than it was, you know, 50 years ago. But it doesn't have to be depressing. You know, Batman versus Superman did not have to be a depressing movie. Superman comics are not usually depressing, <laughs> you know. That's a fun <laughs> that's a fun thing that I used to read. So you don't have to take that character and then show me how terrible the world is that he's in. I get it. If Superman actually lived in our world, there would be people that would hate him. There would be people that would worship him and all that. But I don't care about that. You know, I'm watching a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get enough. What of, next? I, I Charlie get, Brown serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I get enough of how terrible the world is every time I turn on the news. So, <laughs> yeah, John, go ahead with your next uh, with your next item. Um. Going to the Old West. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> what the fascination is. Uh, my dad like watched a lot of westerns when I was growing up. I'm, and I've, 
I have no, you know, I don't have anything against the Wild West per se. But again, it's like checking off a box. Like every sci-fi show somehow needs to shoehorn themselves into the old West. And I'm like, Doctor Who, I'm like, you're not even from here. Why are you <laughs> why why are you in the old American West? Cut it out. Just just I'm like, that is I watch you because I like science fiction. Um and you know, it, like they, they, they have to put themselves in this situation where they don't have science fiction or they do but they have to blend in, so they have to pretend that they don't. And it's all it's all my personal theory is that the actors just want to play cowboy. You know, they're on this show, they've got some pull, and again, kind of lazy writing, let's do a Wild West episode, and, and so they do, and it's the same. Even Firefly, which was basically a Western set in space, the one episode that, to me, kind of sucked is, <laughs> is the one where they did the classic Western story, where... You know, there's a there's a town, and they're being besieged by the robber baron guy, and you know they have to make a stand, and the townspeople rise up. I, I think they I think they literally called it, it was like Harder Gold, it's like Hooker with the Harder. I, mean, I don't think they said Hooker, but I think the <laughs> they name were defending was, the brothel. Yeah, yeah, they were defending the brothel the companion place. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Firefly it, had a lot had a lot of Western stuff in in the entire show. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. And I yeah. love Firefly. It's not. It's, I'm not opposed to the Wild West. I'm annoyed and tired of. Well, we're on a spaceship, and we've got all this wonderful stuff in the future. But let's go back to the Wild West because it'll be fun. I'm like, no, that's another show. Just do a different show. If you're doing Firefly where you blend the two together and that's consistent throughout your universe, fine. I'm all on board. But, you know, hey, let's Stargate. Oh, well, I guess Stargate kind of went pretty much to every place and every time period because, hey, it's another world. And, oh, this world's just like the Wild West. Hey, this world's just like the Hey, this world's <laughs> like the Arctic. Because, you know, we got Stargates and why not do that? Again, I'm getting off on a tangent. <laughs> I'm tired of the Wild West stuff. That's all I'm saying. Well, they, I mean, it would well, be different. I, I know if they... with, with Star Trek. Go ahead. Uh, with, with Star Trek, it was a lot of times stuff like that was a cost saving measure. Yes. It was like, all right, we, we need, we, we don't, you know, we spent way too much on this episode. What can we do on. The Why don't we go next door? <laughs> hey, and do, and do a gangster one. You know? Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. And a lot of times, uh, yeah. if, or like whenever they go back in time, they always go back to the same time period where they're actually creating the show from. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. A lot of times, you know, they don't always get the get the history right. You know, they, a couple weeks ago, this season of Doctor Who, um, a couple weeks ago, they had the episode where they went back in time to the eighteen 1800s in London, but it was all on ice. You remember that? Did you watch that one, Rick? Yeah. Okay, and yeah. uh, I can't remember the exact year that they went to. No, no spoilers. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, I mean I'm not going to say anything about, else about the plot other than what I just said. But there's a there's a scene where they're coming out of the TARDIS and and they're talking about what what time what time it is you know what time period they're in, and Bill who is you know black she says I don't think I'm going to fit in here, <laughs> and he's and he just looks at <laughs> her and says 
Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if they if they you know if they get their history right and they at least make a nod to the fact that you know these characters might be out of place in this time period or whatever, and not have people just they're just walking by and they don't even notice them and things like that. You know, if you go to the time that the Black Plague is, then you need to show that there are people dying from the Black Plague. Don't just act like it didn't happen. <laughs> you know. That kind of stuff, right. but but that's that's just a time travel trope in general, not necessarily the old west. But okay, my next gripe is, and this is mainly in Star Wars and Star Trek, although I see it in a lot of science fiction stuff that happens in space. But where the whole planet is one, <laughs> and it has Monoculture. To, yeah, it, ha- oh, it has right, two right. levels to it. There's there's the part that actually has to do with the planet itself, and I blame George Lucas for this. There's an abundance of planets in the Star Wars universe that have the same ecosystem from pole to pole. Ice planet, <laughs> desert planet, swamp planet, city planet, you know. There's no variations in seasons or climates. It's all one thing, and that's just not the way planets work <laughs> for the most part, you know. <laughs> At least inhabitable planets, you know. And I, I noticed it a lot in Star Wars, but like I said, it, it's all over the place in Space Adventures. But, And the other thing and under this uh, heading is, I blame this, I blame Star Trek for this, the whole planet shares the same culture. You know, all the Romulans are like this, or all the Klingons are like this, all the Vulcans are like this. It's not, it's just not that way on a planet with billions of people. There's going to be different cultures different religions, different lifestyles. They're not all going to think and dress the same. And I know they have random episodes where a rogue faction of a race believes differently, but that that would be the norm, you know, in a real scenario. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, it's either the whole planet is one culture or there's two, and they're at war. Yeah, they're constantly. at war, yeah. yeah they're yeah. constantly at war. They're 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 black on one side of their face and white on the other side of their face or vice versa, right. you know. <laughs> but um, if the way some of the alien races on TV are portrayed, it wouldn't seem like that big of a change if the Borg were to assimilate them because they'd all <laughs> they they all just change over to something else, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, you know, it was one ep- one episode where they 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 didn't do that. Now, granted, we didn't see a whole lot of of anything else. But uh, the 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 TNG episode First Contact, uh, where where Riker is made to look like the the aliens, uh, and uh, <laughs> Lilith seduces him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was nice to see an actual, you know, just like a, a quote unquote normal people. You know, they they had funny funny hands and weird faces, but. Other than that, it was just kind of like they were they were folks. There was, you know, I think there was a one world government, uh, but it, it wasn't like uh, they they tried to claim that the entire population was the same. In fact, that was kind of the problem is that, uh, you know, they they didn't have enough people that could cope with with spacefaring people coming to coming to their planet. Um, so that was one where where they actually kind of mixed it up a little bit but yeah for the most part the monoculture is is one of the biggest criticisms of star trek now on the on the the flip side of that not not necessarily defending it but there's two ways to look at a show like star trek you can look at it literally as just you know 
what's happening on screen, in which case the monoculture thing is is definitely a problem. Or you can look at it as metaphor. And now with Star Trek, you can go back and forth. Some episodes are more one than the other. And when you're dealing with metaphor, then you can say an entire empire is nothing but warriors so that you can use them to to shine the light on, you know, the overindulgent mil- uh, industrial military complex or whatever, uh, you know, or you've got an entire race of liars or, or, or profiteers or something like that, you know, uh, because then they can be used as stand-ins for whatever particular message you're trying to get across. Yeah. And Star Trek, I think they, you know, they didn't always walk that line as, as dexterously as we might have liked, but they, they did try. I got to give them credit for that. And I wonder, too. And I, and I don't disagree with you, Sean, um, but I, I wonder if there is a presumption that if, you're, if your society is at a point where you're exploring other worlds, basically, if, if you know, America is, you know, different states and different cultures, but, you know, we're all America. And at some point... You know, if you expand out from your city to your state to your country, if you start moving to other planets, your world will get that kind of same homogenous um, filter, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, once you're in comparison to – it's easy for me to, you know, define myself as different from somebody, you know, from California because, oh, well, you know – we're different in this way and we're different in that way. But compared to someone from, you know, China, me and the guy from California are far more similar. And once you move out planet wise, maybe we all, <laughs> all us earthers look alike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I wonder if the, if, if uh, that's just kind of an unspoken presumption in the future of space travel. Yeah, it just seems like um, all when whenever they go back to Earth, it seems like Earth. I mean, it's futuristic, but it's still fairly. There's different. There's different countries with uh, with with uh, different looks and the different ways that some of the people, some of the characters dress and things like that. Right. But when we go to other other planets, like when you go to Cardassia, everybody's wearing the same thing. All the buildings look the same. You know that kind of thing. Now, granted, we only we only see a limited amount of characters from those from those planets, but you know it's it's assumed that they're all the same for the most part. Yeah. Right. So, okay, uh, Rick, what's your next one? Okay, uh, my next one is one that seems to happen a lot again in in Star Trek. Uh, primarily, but uh, we've seen it in Stargate and, and several other episodic sci-fi shows. Uh, Character X is accused of murder on planet slash city <laughs> Y. And now we have to deal with uh, what kind of draconian measures are going to be uh, inflicted upon them if they can't save them and the the absolute certainty that there is no way they're going to be convicted and they're going to be rescued at the end of 42 minutes and just stop doing it <laughs> yeah yeah we have to yep. prove that we have to prove their innocence I, I i saw the uh voyager episode just recently where tom paris was being accused of of murdering somebody and then they had recorded it through that person's eyes and his punishment was he had to relive it every 
four hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it happens a lot. It does happen a lot. <laughs> or the one we're on DS9 where O'Brien is is uh, they make that him actually, live. That was really good though. It, <laughs> it was, but it's it's still it was just like all right, <laughs> here we go again. I'll see. I'll grant you. I would say that was a little different because that wasn't about because he didn't get away with it like he did at the time. Yeah, he like, did. It, 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 yeah, it was like a lot of them. You're right. Like uh, he's being framed, or you know, they're being set up, and yeah, but uh, and, and so they have to whisk them away at the last minute. Um, Wesley. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, something in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> something in my soul has had to alright but um, but yeah like I, w- I would say I, actually I like that epi- not the Wesley episode though, but, but the I like the O'Brien episode because it, it kind of took that convention and, and turned it so okay well what if they didn't get away you know and, he, and like and so from that episode on like there was a lasting effect like he was tra- he was traumatized like the rest of the you know the rest of his run well, that, so that I, bring- I did appreciate that, that spin on it that brings up another trope that is not actually on my list, but um, something really traumatic happens to a character, and after that episode, they don't really seem to be affected by it anymore. You know, because O'Brien, they showed he had like PTSD or whatever after that happened, but in episodes that happened after that, you didn't really notice any effects of what happened then. And it may have been just been television at the time. We weren't, you know, it was more episodic and not necessarily more of the, the, the way that we do television Sorry, now. But, uh, but yeah, if, if something really actually go ahead. Um, I, I read a, well, listen to, uh, I, I'm still not sure if saying I read an audio book is fair. I haven't <laughs> been able to decide which terminology is right, but, uh, there's a, there's a great book called, uh, the, the 50 year mission, the unauthorized oral history of star Trek. And uh, it's all it's all quotes from people that actually worked on the show, uh, all stitched together into a narrative. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of talk, especially on TNG and DS9, um, about how the executives did not want any sort of serial serialization. They want it because once these shows went into syndication, which is where they would make the most of their money. Uh, if they had long story arcs, they wouldn't be able to to maintain the integrity of it. Because once you get it into syndication, the you know individual stations can air it however they want. Yeah. Um, DS9 got a little more leeway than TNG did, just because nobody paid attention to what DS9 was doing. <laughs> uh, so they were they were kind of left on their own. No, seriously, they were. It, it's almost like uh, uh, Paramount, because it was before the CPS buyout. Um, it was like Paramount got the show going and then decided that they didn't really like it, but it wasn't doing bad enough to cancel. So they just kind of threw the people they didn't like at it and said, just go, just don't bother us. <laughs> and so they had a, a staggering amount of autonomy on the show. And that's how they were able to get away with some of these three and four part story arcs that, you know, TNG was absolutely forbidden to do. Um, oh. So that uh, that's a lot of that, you know, and yeah. I, you know, DS9 and Babylon 5 both, I think, really paved the way for the season long arcs we're getting now in yeah. shows. Alrighty. John, what's the next one on your okay. list? Um, 
I, I wrote it down. I, I called it the hangover situation. <laughs> so, uh, and, that, you and that's... You got to figure out uh, what you did the day before. Yeah, that, yeah. that's two aspects. A, um, you got to figure out, like you said, starting in the middle of the story, you got to figure out what happened. Like, dude, where's my car? Yeah, right. <laughs> dude, where's my car syndrome? Um, we've all been knocked out. What happened? Um, and or... Um, we're not drunk, we're not high, but for whatever reason, something is making us feel drunk and high. And so we're going to act <laughs> drunk and high. But we're not drunk, <laughs> and we're not high, but there's a virus, or there's a there's a thing, It's a, there's a weird radiation that's having an effect on me. I'm not advocating being high, even though I'm having the most fun I've ever had on this show. <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> We need to figure out what this is and put a stop to it because drugs are bad. Thanks, kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And sometimes it's just, sometimes it's not necessarily all the characters. It's just one character, something's happened to them or something like that. I think I noticed that on, uh, there an episode, I don't know if it was Supergirl where she was exposed to a different kind of kryptonite and it kind of made her act drunk. That may have been Smallville, yeah. I'm thinking of, or something no, no. like that. Yeah. Well, Supergirl, uh-huh. she, she kind of... She didn't become evil, didn't care, and so she was just telling people off and, and uh, just being generally unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, well, the, the next one on my list is... <laughs> And, you know, for somebody that really loves Star Trek, I'm dogging on Star Trek a lot. <laughs> well, it's because they've done all of this stuff. Yeah, like they, they have. They, they have. Know, they got, what, seven series? Plus of episodes. Right. Yeah. The, well, I titled seven? this, uh, That Seems Like Really Poor Construction. You know, and what it is, is uh, why is it that when the Enterprise is in battle, the computer, <laughs> the computer terminals start killing people? You know, why, why do the work consoles explode and kill the person that's working there? They've been de- designing ships for a long time, and apparently the only warning system that they can put into a computer console is to put C4 in it and let it explode <laughs> in somebody's face. You know, Star Trek has done it in all of its incarnations. You also see it in you, you see it in Star Wars, you see it in Doctor Who, Stargate SG-1, Battlestar Galactica, any type of show like that. They're going to show sparks flying out of out of computers and things that are in the middle of the ship. They're not even in a place where there would be, fi- <laughs> you know, phaser fire, laser fire, or whatever coming in. So, yeah, it just it, it just it, it's really poor construction, I guess. Uh, you you should design same, your ship. Same to reason where they couldn't. Are. Go ahead. Same reason they couldn't afford seed bills. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know the reason is because on a weekly TV show, you want to be able to show damage from an alien attack without actually damaging your set. So you put something in the console to emit some some sparks, but there really shouldn't be a reason if a, if a guy is sitting there at his computer console, it shouldn't just explode in his face and kill him, <laughs> you know. And then another, another guy just come and come and sit down in this seat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, I'll sit down in front of that computer that just killed somebody. And <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. You know what? That's like it's like the sci-fi equivalent of like shooting the gas tank and making it explode. Yeah. Which I just I just I just took as fact. You know, for a good what 15, 20 years, I was like, wait, that doesn't actually make any sense. 
that wouldn't really happen if I shot a gas. But that's that's what happened in all the movies, so it must be true. Yeah. Well, they they tried to explain it. There was an episode where um, the episode of Voyager that George Takei guest starred in, and they showed uh, Tuvok having memories from his past when he was on the Excelsior. And there was a scene where they were under attack, and Tuvok turns and points at a computer terminal and says, "There's a conduit behind that terminal that's about to explode." You know, but why is there a conduit behind that computer <laughs> that can explode? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's that's just your your explain your explanation doesn't make sense, I guess. <laughs> okay, all right, Rick. What's the next one on your list? Uh, okay, this one is more about, about superheroes than than science fiction, but uh, I really hate it when a show or a TV show or a movie removes a superhero's powers for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. Um, That's on my know, list for, too. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I called it. Oh no, I can't do the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because like. You know, if you look at if you look at Superman or Supergirl, they don't have powers per se. They are just because of where they're from. That's how they do. I'm doing list. So this whole energy from a red sun makes them normal is BS. <laughs> you know, it's like one of the nice the, the things I like about uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter stuff. You know, granted, you know the science in a in a you know early 1900s uh, you know story is not going to be great, but if you could walk around without a spacesuit on the surface of Mars, you would be like a Kryptonian. You'd be able to leap, you know, great distances, and you would imagine any race that that evolved on Mars would be frail and and small, and and you could you'd be a Superman among them, and just shining a different color of light on you isn't going to change that so (laughs) you know it's not that that's the one thing i one thing about the powers that bothers me but i just you know a batman 3 uh what was the the dark knight returns was the most boring movie in the world to me because i don't give a rat's butt about emo (laughs) bruce wayne i want to see batman and, you know, he was being Bruce Wayne for 90% of that movie. And so I just, you know, it bores me to tears. And it's so tired. And it's so, you know, if we wanted to watch Normal Person Walks Around a City, there's a million movies like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to see Super Dude or Super Chick doing super stuff. Uh, otherwise, that you know, that's why I have no interest whatsoever in watching Gotham. Because Batman without Batman does not interest me in the least. Right there with you. <laughs> I've heard I've heard nothing but good things. Oh yeah, and I'm glad and people I, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I just like so. Well, the idea the, the so idea behind that show, and I and I've I, I haven't watched it since uh, the second season, but the idea behind that show was not to make a Batman show; it was to make a cop show that took place in the Batman universe. So you know, it was Gordon and his partner doing cop stuff. But, you know, eventually it kind of melded into now we're going to start introducing all these villains and they're going to be doing all these things. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't not. They couldn't not do that. Otherwise, much like Riverdale, otherwise you just call it, you know, some other cop show. Yeah. Plus, you've but got you're, the, you're trading the on the name. That, 
I don't remember all these villains being this much older than Batman. I don't remember the Riddler being 15 years older than Batman, <laughs> you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean that trope goes. It's it, it's not always in just superhero shows. It's in any kind of show where there is a thing that they do all the time. Like it, for instance, if it was Knight Rider, all of a sudden the computer does kit doesn't work, you know. So he has to figure it out on his own. Um, on Star Trek, it's when the transporter doesn't work exactly when they need it to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Of course, if the transporter didn't do that, then half the time the plot would there wouldn't be a plot to the show. You know, so it's I mean it's it's a trope that I can live with. It just makes my eyes roll when I see it. You know, because <laughs> if you're on a show that's been around for a few seasons and you've done a couple of hundred different stories it's easy to start to see parallels in something that you did before. And the audience is saying, why don't you just do that again that you did last time? You know? So, but yeah, but especially if you have a superhero show, there's going to be at least one episode where the hero loses their powers or loses part of their powers or something like that. So you can see it coming. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) John, what you got? Well, let's, let's, yeah, let's do one more. Yeah, I've got I've got one more like full fledged complaint, and then I've got some uh, honorable mentions. Okay. So my, my my last one is called the reset button, where uh, that I'm sure I don't even have to explain it, but you know, your ship blows up, but you get to, you get a you get a do over, or you know you get shot and you bleed to death in the street, but oh time rewinds, or or you know, or it was all a dream, it was all in your head, it was all a simulation, blah 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 blah. So you know. You drag me through this storyline, and then you just undo it, so that you can, I don't know, save on the film because you only have to shoot it once, but you can replay it and make slight changes. <laughs> and so by the end of it, you figured out the thing that you did wrong the first time. And uh, again, it's not like every episode that does that is a terrible episode, but it's it's a it's a sci-fi go-to, and it's kind of lazy, and I don't ever need to see it again. <laughs> okay what are your honorable mentions um the, my honorable mentions are things that have like a 50 50 track record so i can't say i'm completely tired of them uh because to some degree i do enjoy them uh number one sound in space because yeah. <laughs> because I, I i i do enjoy star wars and when it blows up good it blows up good even though it really shouldn't make a sound when it does um, number two, it'd be a weird uh, the, movie if it was just silent. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've actually I've seen a couple of movies where they did it, and one uh, robot jocks I think was that classic from the eighties. Um, <laughs> but the one thing, the one thing they did great was when there was a when there was a battle in space. They basically just used the music to like highlight it, like a, like a um, like a play. Yeah. So like you know the music swelled and 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 followed the action, which I thought was great. Um, my second honorable mention is Evil Twins. Your, mi- your microphone is really echoing. Are you like rubbing it all over your shirt? Or something? <laughs> I was holding it in my hand. Okay. The I'm not sure why your mind why'd your mind jump to rubbing it on my shirt? Sean? I don't know. It just sounds like you're just rubbing <laughs> hey, the mic hey. on something. It's all right, man. We'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, Evil Twins. Um, no pun intended. You know, fifty-fifty on that. Um, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. And 
the um, mind slash body slash soul switching um, where this character acts like that or that this actor acts like that character that actor because they've switched minds or whatever. I'm sure that's a blast for the actors to do. I'm sure that's really fun on set, um, but it's not always fun for us to watch. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So that's if my honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, the one the one other that I wanted to talk about was the what I call the Wizard of Oz syndrome. And this is the trope where a character is having a dream or they're pulled into another reality or something, but all of the characters are played by people that they know from <laughs> the regular show, you know. A couple of examples, like the the recent Flash and Supergirl musical episode, where they were in the 40s, but everybody was the same characters, you know, uh, from the Arrowverse. You know, Xena had an episode that took place in, in an archaeological dig in the 20s or 30s, and, and all the people were played by Xena regulars. You know, DS9 did it when they went to the that alternate universe. Oh, yeah, oh, that, oh, wait. Oh, the Mirror Universe ones. No, I thought you were going to talk, uh, say, Beyond the Farthest Star. Is that the, the you talking about the holodeck? Is that the holodeck episode where they were like? No, there was one no. That, that was they, that was when Cisco went to like fifties Earth, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, yeah was, that was that was good. But I mean, yeah, yeah the figment of his own imagination. Was but they also did a, a holodeck episode where they were in like a James Bond movie and everybody was, you know, oh. Cisco and and everybody were there. But a sub rant to that would be. In, in the alternate universe trope, this is my gripe, okay? It, it specifically goes for the mirror episodes of Star Trek, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. If you go to an alternate world, Sliders did this as well. If you go to an alternate world where everything is vastly different, like we're at war with another country that we're not at war with here, which is not many of them. <laughs> we're, we're in a... Uh, we're in a monarchy or there's just something that changes the whole dynamic of society, then you're not always going to meet up with the same people and they have the same <laughs> names that they had back home. You know, like if I went to an alternate earth and on this earth, the United States was a communist country and, and had been since the fifties, then I probably wouldn't be able to call up that earth's version of John and say hi, because if things are that drastically different, then there's a good chance that John's parents never met each other, you know, so he doesn't or exist I might, there. Or I might, I might even have just a different phone number. <laughs> could be crazy. Could be crazy. But, I don't know. But I think, is it, is it, is it, is it too much <laughs> to ask that, that that character might have a different name on that planet or something? But usually they just make the character that is their, usually their best friend, they turn him <laughs> into a villain or something. Or they do something creepy, like they have Cisco. Uh, sleep with the alternate Jadzia because that was just wrong on so many levels. <laughs> okay, so alright, so here's what's funny. When you started saying that, I thought you were talking about Cisco and the Flash. I'm like, no, no. Well, I really like this episode. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So, Cisco and the Flash would absolutely just pass out from, from just nerd excitement if Jadzia Dax showed up and wanted to sleep with him. He would be down. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But uh, and Rick, before I um, before I started this round, I didn't tell you it was the last one. Did you have any more that you wanted to, to talk about? Uh, I've I've got uh, one more, just sort of an honorable mention one. Um, okay. That just it's it just bugs the crap out of me, um, and it's it's one for the CG artists, and that's the orange and blue color palette that seems to have become 
the the de rigueur of science fiction and fantasy CG landscapes. Yeah. And it just to me it just it makes it scream CG. Um, look at uh, the, the the first Robert Downey uh, um, Sherlock Holmes movie mm-hmm. uh, or any Underworld movie. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, just that that orange in the daytime and blue at uh, night. Blue, like yeah, that that plastic looking blue, and everything's got a little bit of a sheen to it. It just to me, it just rips me right out of the story. You know, I think they do it because they think that it 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 pops on the screen with the high def, especially like on Blu-ray or something like that. That's probably why they use those particular colors because they're so bright and vibrant or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, it does. Make, it kind of make things look a little, a little plastic and fake. But that's gonna pretty much do it for this episode. Everybody, I want to thank you for listening. We've been in this for 50 episodes. We don't have any plans to stop anytime soon. Uh, we've still got plenty of things to talk about, and I'm looking forward to the next 50 episodes. And if you're new to the show and you want to listen to the other 49 episodes that we have available, then You can find them all on our website at CosmicPotato.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict on the Android store. Make sure sure that you subscribe so you'll know when we put a new episode up. And leave us a rating and a review so that we can help uh, new people find the show. If you want to contact us, you can email us at mail at CosmicPotato.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Just do a quick search for Cosmic Potato. I've been posting a lot of things lately on both of those, you know, stories that I find interesting and movie news headlines and things like that. So like us or follow us and, uh, you'll see all that stuff. So, uh, Rick, thanks for being here tonight. You got anything you want to plug? Uh, uh have I mentioned that the Starbase is back alive on the show? You mentioned it, but you yeah. can say it again. Cause I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I definitely enjoyed the last episode. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we, we have released our, our second, finally got the second episode out, uh, uh, which was our, our version of sci fighters, uh, where we, we picked all of the most annoying characters in, in genre fiction and threw them into a Thunderdome. Um, but also, uh, in between, we're doing the show once a month now instead of bi-weekly like we used to, uh, or weekly like we used to a long time ago. Um, we are doing it once a month, and in between, every other Wednesday, uh, I am now posting classic Starbase episodes. Uh, I just reposted our first interview with Susie Plaxon. I thought that would be a fun way to, to get the ball rolling again. Uh, and so we'll have new shows every, once a month, and every other uh, week we'll have some sort of content, uh, either a, a classic show or an admiral's table or something. Uh, so Starbase 66 at uh, uh, simplysyndicated.com slash shows slash Starbase 66 is where you can find uh, all of our sci-fi and fantasy ramblings. All right. And John, pleasure as always. Yeah, man. And uh, be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say. So there's this website called Springhole.net, and um, you can uh, press a button and be awarded a random superpower. So we're going to do that now. Sean, your power is con- creating force fields and controlling fire. Cool. Nice. Rick, your superpower is creating fire and manipulating shadows I'm guessing you two are natural enemies (laughs) I can control his fire (laughs) my power is breathing underwater that's some bullshit (laughs) 
on TV and in theaters in just a few minutes. But first, three random facts. We haven't done this in a few episodes. Uh, if you're new to the show, this is a segment brought to you by our friends over at mentalfloss.com. Uh, they have an amazing fact generator that's pretty fun to use. You can use it as well. There's a button that you press, and it gives you a random and somewhat useless factoid of information about any number of topics. And I'm going to press it three times and see what comes up. So are you gentlemen ready? Bring it. Always. To learn something that you will forget five minutes from now. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, it, well, I hit the button and nothing happened. Let me refresh my screen. I can remember that. <laughs> Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> it is. What in the world is not working? Thanks, Trump. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Of course, I'll be editing this. <laughs> we'll pretend like we did the amazing fact generator. Let me let me go to the site again and see what happened here. We can just make some crap up. No yeah. one will know. <laughs> Amazing fact. The reason the dodo bird went extinct was because they tasted remarkably like a strawberry milkshake. <laughs> they taste just like chicken. Or does chicken <laughs> taste like everything? The Amazing Fact you know, Generator is down. Uh -oh. It's not working. So I guess we won't be doing that this episode. <laughs> well, did you know that alligator does not taste like chicken? No, chicken tastes like alligator. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have had alligator before. It doesn't. I mean, it's it's consistency is fairly chewy. Yeah. And, uh, it tastes. It has more of a fishy taste than uh, than chicken. And yeah, or tornadoes don't sound like freight trains either. No, no, they don't. We have plenty of those down here. <laughs> I don't know who was the first like person to say that, but evidently they'd never been around a freight train. Yeah, or, or a tornado. Yeah. What were you going to say, John? Uh, I was going to say alligator doesn't taste like, it doesn't taste like chicken. It does taste very chewy, but uh, Wookiee actually does taste like chicken. Oh. <laughs> don't eat the Wookiee. <laughs> It's actually they in the Star Wars universe people lose body parts all the time, so it's it's it's, it's like possible free range. that someone may have picked up a Wookiee leg and roasted it at some at some yeah. point. <laughs> Just feed a small village. Yeah, well, you know the, the Ewoks the Ewoks did eat meat because uh, everyone was afraid that they were going to be eaten, and uh, so they may have eaten a Wookiee or two. They teamed up on them, but <laughs> probably just one. 